I have an eight by 10 patio and can't plant in the ground. There are big obstacles in my teeny space, but I'm homesteading anyway. Some dreams start small. This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Wells. I'm coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Now, on today's episode, I am so excited to be joined by Claire from Start Small Homestead over on Instagram. And because the interview segment is going to be a little bit longer than my normal charting the course segments, I want to keep the Homestead Happening segment very brief. In fact, I had really debated over whether or not I was even going to do a Homestead Happening segment in part because we've been out of town most of the weekend and the chart in the court segment is going to be long and just so many things. But I did want to just bring you up to speed about a few things here on the homestead. So I'll keep the homestead happening segment brief, and then we will jump right into charting the course. All right, here's what we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead this week. So this week, I made the decision that I am done planting the first round of garden. It's always very difficult for me to make that decision because there's always room in my mind to squeeze in one more thing here or one more thing there. But there just comes a point in time to where I have to switch gears and start thinking about the harvest. But this week, I did get some more beans planted, some more pole beans. In fact, I planted, I believe they're called Quincy Pinto beans. So I planted some of those in the Ruth Stout bed. I planted some more onions in the Ruth Stout bed. And then up in the raised beds, I went ahead and filled in some gaps, some things that hadn't transplanted well, as well as some sweet potatoes that didn't come up. And so I put some onions in there. And now let's see what we get. And so we switched over into harvest mode this week. We had had a little bit of lettuce before. But this week, we really started harvesting radishes. We had radishes fried. We had some radishes grilled. And then we steamed some radish greens, mixed those with some Swiss chard. And it was all very, very delicious. Thank you so much, Barb, for teaching me that you can actually cook radishes. I love them. And yeah, yummy, 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 yummy. (laughs) So we enjoyed that this week. Unfortunately, the deer started enjoying the garden this week. I was up looking at it today with my dad. He was here visiting for Father's Day, and we were doing a walkabout in the garden, and I saw that the deer had discovered some beans, and they had discovered the Swiss chard. And so this afternoon, I put up some fencing, and we'll see whether or not it keeps them out. But that's how it is. Sometimes not only do you feed your family, but you feed the wildlife in the area. So we'll see whether or not my attempts at keeping the deer out actually work. Another thing that I did this week is I spent some time planting flowers. One of the things that I've shared with you on this podcast is that I am on a mission to beautify this homestead. 
in the past, my focus has really been on function over form. I didn't really worry too much about how things looked. I didn't really care too much about whether or not things were beautiful. And as I've shared with you before, I've come to see the error in my ways. And so one of the things that I am trying to do is just put some flowers around and really add some color. Not only does it bring in pollinators, but it also just makes the place look a lot nicer. And so this week I spent quite a bit of time planting flowers and trying to get some things looking nice around here. This week was also our Polorum test week. So we are NPIP certified. And so the state inspector came out this week and did our flock inspection and then also did our, our swine premises inspection. As we were over next to Boris, I started telling her about how Boris had gotten out of the pen and he had been scrapping with Bear. And I saw her get this really horrified look on her face. And I just really got into telling this story. And I said, yeah, he's got now he's gotten his butt kicked three times by Bear. And she's like, what? He doesn't look that bad for fighting with a bear. And then I realized she thought I actually meant a bear. And she didn't realize that I was actually talking about my other boar. So once I explained that, she wasn't quite as impressed with Boris's adventures. But then while we were in Pennsylvania, Bear got out. He decided to take a tour of the homestead. Thankfully, he didn't cause much damage. He didn't get in with Boris, although he was over next to Boris's pen. He didn't get in with the girls, although he was over next to their pen. But when Brian Jr. got home yesterday evening, he found Boris up in the middle of the field between us and our neighbors. And Brian was able to get some feed and coax Bear back to where he's supposed to be. So thank God for that. And then I went ahead and reinforced the fence one more time. Hi, 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 hi. It seems like every week it's just another. It's just another escape by a pig that I'm sharing with you. Will I ever learn? Will I ever get my fence situation in order? I have no idea. Stay tuned and I will keep sharing with you. <laughs> all of my mistakes so that you can do better than what I do here on 3B Farm and Homestead. All right, folks. I know very, very short Homestead Happening segment. It was a very busy week. We were out of town. We went to my wife's family reunion. My mom and dad were down today celebrating their 46th wedding anniversary and also celebrating Father's Day together. It was a blessing to be able to spend Father's Day with my dad today, and then to celebrate their anniversary together. I'm so very, very blessed to be able to live nearby them and to be able to share those moments with them. And I don't take that for granted at all. And so I wish all fathers listening to this a happy belated Father's Day. I trust it was a good one for you. And all of you who are neck deep in gardening, I hope it is all going well for you. Let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. On today's episode, I am so excited to be joined by Claire from Start Small Homestead over on Instagram. Now, Claire reached out to me about a month and a half, maybe two months ago, and tagged me in a post and just expressed her appreciation for how much this podcast has meant to her 
and how it has really helped her get motivated to do more on their little homestead. This is her bio on Instagram. I have an eight by 10 patio and can't plant in the ground. There are big obstacles in my teeny space, but I'm homesteading anyway. Some dreams start small. And folks, as I have been following her journey over the last couple of months, I have been so impressed. She is doing so much in that eight by 10 space. I'm so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you. Your story is something that just really, really resonated with me. So just to kind of give people the background, you reached out to me on Instagram probably a month, month and a half ago, I think, and tagged me and uh, showed me some of the things that you had going on. And it, it, it it's just awesome to me because you're raising and growing a lot of food and not a lot of space. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about what you're doing, where you're at and who you are. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Claire and I live in Kansas. Um, I am not a local Kansan. I have lived all over the world, um, including multiple uh, continents even. Um, So I moved here uh, because my husband's family is from here. Um, And we live in um, a small townhouse. Before this, we lived in a um, very small apartment. Um, And I actually had a really, really tiny garden on our balcony there. Um, so now my little eight by 10 patio feels like very spacious compared to my first garden. Um, but I definitely got, uh, more into gardening, uh, during COVID, like a lot of us did where it was like, oh man, like the world broke. So I need to figure out new solutions. Um, so I, um, started gardening as self-care, but also for food. Uh, right now we live in a 900 square foot house with uh, five people in it. So the garden was very much just to be like, this is my space. So you guys can be inside or around, but this is my space. Don't come in it. So um, I got out there and started, uh, started with just whatever plants and things Walmart had on sale for a dollar. Cause I was like, eh, if I kill it, it's a dollar, you know? So I um, really got into pansies um, because they're really easy to keep alive. And they tell you when they're um, needing some water, they're very dramatic. And I like that in a plant. Um, And then was like, well, this isn't so hard. Let me grow some tomatoes. Let me grow um, some peppers. And I um, am really into growing from scraps. So I don't know if you know those cute little mini bell peppers that are everywhere in the little bags and they're different colors. I um, threw a couple of those seeds in the ground and I had the biggest plants from those. Like we had so many peppers, we couldn't even eat them all um, last year, which was really cool. So um, this year, as always, like I feel like gardeners, it's like, okay, well, uh, I planted that and that worked. So let me try this. And like, so this year, I don't even know. I don't even have a running list of all the things that are out there anymore. Um, I know I've got Brussels sprouts, eggplant, two types of peppers, at least tomatillos, tomatoes, peas, multiple kinds of peas, um, pole beans, watermelon, pumpkins, um, all my grapes that I just put in. Um, 
lots of herbs and mints and basil and just it's taking over like last year I could sit in my garden but I decided this year that like I was gonna make it standing room only so that I could put in more plants so and, and so just to be clear you're doing all of this in an eight by ten area um most of it is contained in the eight by ten but okay. I have like sprawled I'm I'm very much in the stance of like, ask forgiveness, not permission at this point. Um, so far, our um, like leasing agency has not come after me for any of it. So I'm really glad about that. I keep like the totes, which aren't as attractive out back. And then I have matching planters and things that are out front. Um, but I mean, so far, the response is just overwhelmingly like, wow, like, how, how can you grow all this here? You know, so I mean, even like the maintenance guy came over um, to help us get a new fridge, because our fridge broke um, right after Thanksgiving last year. Um, and he kind of told us he's like, hey, if you wait until after the year, I have budget for new appliances. But if you want one right now, um, then I have to bring you one of the old ones out of another unit. And I was like, Ugh. so we waited two months to get that new fridge, but he was just like impressed by everything that was out there in January, you know? And he's like, this is a lot of stuff out here. And it's like, well, when it's green, it's huge. It turns into a jungle. I actually don't know if I am going to be able to walk back there once the watermelons and the tomatoes and everything are going. We'll see. I'm trying to keep everything caged and contained, but my walking space is probably like maybe 16 inches. So I'm going to have to kind of slide on through. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like either lose some more weight or just like push everything out of the way when I walk it through. <laughs> you may, you may be in, in, inventing some new yoga poses by the time yes, it's all done. Probably <laughs> so. <laughs> So one of the things um, you mentioned, the pumpkin and the watermelon, and oh, yeah. uh, one of the things that I thought was so cool is you had, you found some free and then were gifted some things and you kind of put some things together to create a trellis. Tell me about that. Um, it is a pool ladder trellis. So those like above ground pools, um, I got a free one of those ladders. I was trying to find one of the nice like wood ones. Um, we have this really cool um, buy nothing group here. I don't know if you have any of those up there, but everything posted in the buy nothing groups are free. Um, and it's just like, this is free on the curb. That's free on the curb. Come get it. I actually have a lady coming over now to get some placemats that I never use. So um, it's just like a very good, like free cycling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I found the pool ladder on there. I couldn't find any fancy ones. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to make do with this pool ladder. Um, and it's a nice height for me. Cause I'm like just over five foot. I'm a tiny little person, which makes my tiny little space fine. It, it fits. I feel normal in there, but like when my six foot, like bulky husband's in there, I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty small. Um, but anyway, like it's a good height. And then um, I was planning on kind of, I had just put wire up it and I was like, I don't know if that's really going to hold enough. Um, so I was planning on putting on both sides, um, like the green chicken wire kind of stuff. But I found uh, my one neighbor was taking apart their fence and they had these big pieces of trellis and they were just like, take it. So I put that on the outsides of it and it actually looks like a little nicer now. 
I like the back. I don't really care if the back looks nice because by the time everything grows, you can't see any of the totes or the like pool ladder. You won't see any of it because it's going to be just jungle back there. But um, it actually it looks pretty good right now. So like I'm excited and the watermelons just found it. Um, so they're like looped through. I just got some cool pictures of it looped through and they're like starting to climb it. I'm so excited. That is, it's, and, and that's just the epitome of doing the best you can with what you've got. I mean, I say that so many times on the podcast and then to see somebody actually doing it mm. is just absolutely so exciting to me. Yeah. Um, and, and just seeing what you've got going on um, has really, it, it has been so inspirational to me. Um, oh, it really, really has been and has really put a, you know, I, I'm going to go back to some of that preacher terminology, but it's put a, a fire in my belly. It's reignited ah. that passion because, you know, sometimes and, and I've shared this before on the podcast, when you're, when you're doing a podcast, it feels like you're kind of standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon. You're speaking out into space. Is anybody hearing me? Mm-hmm. And, and then when you hear somebody who was hearing you and taking what you're saying, you know, to heart and as encouragement, then that is kind of like the cyclical thing. Like it encourages me. And uh, so it's just, it's awesome. So you're, you're doing uh, gardening in totes as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, the totes actually, um, I had had them for a really long time. I, um, what was it? Must have been about seven years ago now. Um, I got divorced from my first husband and I uh, didn't really know what to do with myself or my life. So I kind of packed everything into totes and then moved to China um, and just left everything here. I took two suitcases and I needed some space and China felt like far enough that (laughs) it was enough space for me. Um, But I like from China, I ended up moving um, to Africa after that. And then, um, my current husband who I've known 13, 14 years now, um, like he, he was just one of my best friends. And he told me while we were living in Africa that he was crazy about me. And I was like, well, coming home. <laughs> like, so like, it just was pretty whirlwind from there. Like I came home, we, um, each drove five hours to go on our first ever date. Um, cause he was living out in Kansas and I was living in St. Louis. So we met in Kansas city um, and, uh, just, it was one of those things where it was just perfect from there. So we decided, um, to keep dating and met all the kids and then get married and, um, the totes, I brought them here and it's the first time in like almost a decade that I've really felt settled. Um, we've lived in this townhouse, um, for almost three years. Um, and that's the longest that I've lived anywhere, in probably 10 or 15 years. Um, Um, Yeah, like uh, for a long time there, the longest I'd lived anywhere was like six to eight months. So like being somewhere for three years, I really feel like I've put down roots, you know, which is like kind of funny because like that's usually people aren't feeling like they've got roots yet at three years. But I, uh, I, the totes are pretty new. That was only like two years ago where, because I had everything in pots but I was finding that the pots weren't really deep enough for tomatoes um, and for peppers and things. Cause they really need like room for roots. Oh, and the potatoes, like the potatoes love those totes. Um, but I had all those totes from moving and they were just in a stack. And I was like, you know what? 
this is a container. Like I, all I have to do is flip this bad boy over and drill some holes in it. Um, so that's what I did. I just took all the totes that I had been carrying around for years and moved here with and drilled a bunch of holes and like never looked back. So I don't, I like when we move again at some point, cause we're going to have to move cause I'm going to outgrow this space in probably a couple more years. Cause I like, I, uh, that I just found out about this small animal swap nearby. Um, and they always are posting pictures of goats and I want goats so bad. And I was like, show my husband a goat at like after dinner. And I was like, look at this goat that wants me to buy it. Like, and he was like, where, where would we put a goat? And I'm like, we could get rid of one of the kids. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first people that I remember using a tote is a member of the uh, supporting listeners program. Her name's Barb. I've mentioned her before on the, on the podcast. And mm-hmm. last year she had some totes. She did similar things. She drilled holes in the bottom of them and filled them with dirt and planted radishes outside her back door. Nice. And it, to me, it's just, again, it's that idea of, is it optimal? No, it, but it, it works. And yeah. it's, and it's, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can in the situation in which you find yourself mm-hmm. and you're growing food. Yeah. And to me, that's just such a, a, a huge thing um, because mm-hmm. there are, there are a lot of people who look at their situation and they say, I can't mm-hmm. instead of looking to say, what can I do with what I have? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what you've, you've kind of, you, you epitomize that at least <laughs> from what I, as I've been following your, following your journey here. So yes. kind of, how did you get to this spot to where, you know, you had mentioned COVID and, and self-care and so forth. Mm. At what point did you decide that this is, this is maybe something that I, I'm going to be passionate about? Mm. Well, I have to go back a little bit because my um, my dad has actually been telling me for like 13, 14 years that I should move to Alaska. Um, and he and I have not lived in the same state for like our entire lives. I think I was like four or five years old when we lived in the same state. So he's not trying to get rid of me. Um, but um, he like he was talking about homesteading, but I didn't realize it at the time. And then um, I was like joking around with my husband about it. I was like, daddy is saying I need to move to Alaska again. I guess we just need to up and move to Alaska, you know? And he's like, oh, like the rainies. Like, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and he uh, introduced me to Homestead Rescue. Have you ever watched that show? Yep. Oh my gosh. The only thing I can think of the whole time I watched that show is where is Marty Rainey's mother? And does she know what he does with excavators? Cause I'm just sitting there like, like, screaming inside (laughs) worried about them um but I was like watching that and I was like okay and that's like the first time I really came across the terminology um for homesteaders um and that's when I was like okay well like I'm gonna like start looking at podcasts because I walk to and from work a lot um and podcasts are much better to listen to when I'm walking than music. So I, that's how I found the Homestead Journey podcast. And I was like, well, okay. So it, it just, it started small, like everything does, you know, where, um, I, I'm kind of like the like wishing star for our family, I guess I would say, like, I, I live in a house full of introverts with one extrovert. Um, 
Mr. Mr. Nine is very, very, very extroverted. And he's basically a ping pong ball in the house. Like he wears us all out and then goes find a new one <laughs> to wear out. Um, but everybody's kind of like homebodies and like not really into like trying new things and stuff. And I'm sitting over here like, hey, what if we got goats? And hey, what if we got quail? And like they all are like, yeah, maybe like, you know, so but the more that I do, the more I realize that like they catch the fever too. So like I made, um, my first jelly ever, um, last week I made pansy jelly, um, because everybody was making like the wild violet jelly. And I was like, well, pansies are violets. I can totally do this. So, and I have a ton of them. Like, I don't even probably like 40, pansy plants because I have one of those like hanging planters um and I just filled it all with pansies I tried putting herbs and stuff in it last year but they just didn't do so well um and I wanted a flower bed but you can't really have a flower bed when you can't have a flower bed so I uh just use the hanging planters and that's like my pretty area um so I just like picked a whole bunch of pansies and tried it and the jelly was amazing so like I was thinking well what other flowers can I make jelly out of because we don't have any like berries or anything yet um which I'm totally gonna make jelly out of that when we do but um we decided to go there's this really cool like like wooded area park right near us so we went over there and we forged some um honeysuckle to do honeysuckle jelly. And we just, um, did that. And the boys helped pick this time. Like they were like into it. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're doing this. So then we cracked open a jar of it tonight. And it was like one of those little half pint jars. It's gone. Like between like the five of us, like my, uh, my 11 year old who could like eat a horse if we let him like every single meal that child is never full like but he'd like he was just like can I have some more of that can I have some more of that and I was like you know what sure buddy let's go all in so like it's neat watching them like get more into it like and my husband um he helped a lot with building the quail hutches um and I'm like this close I'm waiting there's a Etsy seller who 3d prints the little like no mess hole things. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. but I'm going to attach some of those to like crystal light containers. Um, Cause I don't need them to be very big. So I found these cute little, like I'd seen um, people use like the cereal box um, containers, um, like tub things, but that's way too big for just like, I can only have like three or four in the space that I have and be like, safe with them you know so like I just got the little crystal light containers because they're like little rectangles too so I've got to build that and then find a way to do the water that I like I think I'm just gonna go with those um little like uh tube water you know the ones like for rabbits and stuff yep um, I don't really mind if they drip. I know a lot of people say they don't like that it drips, but since I have wire bottoms, it shouldn't matter if they drip. So I think I'm going to start with that. And then if I decide I hate it, I'll tweak it. Cause that's what we do. So, so, so quail, uh, quail. inbound. Yeah. Um, that, that, I mean, this, this to me is just, it just gets better and better and better. <laughs> so you, 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 you find, you know, you get, 
involved in the, the raising and growing of food. You find my podcast. At what point did you feel comfortable saying, hey, what I'm doing here is homesteading? Um, that it really does have a lot to do with the podcast just because, um, like, what do you say? Not letting great or good get in the way of great. What is it? Yeah, don't let great get in the way of good. Yes. Got it backwards. But like, and not having like analysis paralysis and all that. Like I, I've definitely been a gardener for a really long time, but I like, I've wanted to be a homesteader for almost as long. Um, And I just wasn't comfortable calling myself a homesteader, but I'm literally doing everything that everybody else is doing. I'm just doing it with much less space. (laughs) So um, like I'm processing food, I'm growing food, I'm going to get some livestock, which is just absolutely crazy to me. Like, but I have to get the tiniest livestock. I almost got button quail as a joke, you know, because they're like the tiniest, tiniest ones you can get, but you can't really eat their eggs. And I mean, I mean, you could eat a button quail, but by the time you processed it, like, what's the point? What would even be there to eat? You know? So like, I'm going to get some Caternix quail because that's what everybody has. That's like the hip, cool livestock. Um, But yeah, like, it's just... I, I don't know. I'm ready to like pickle some eggs and like try all that kind of stuff this year. I'm really focusing on like learning how to preserve things more um, because I'm going to be growing so much more than I did before. So I don't want to waste food and I want to make sure like we eat a lot of it. Like we, I have some really nice lettuce out there that we just keep picking um and my husband and kids almost killed it one of the weekends I was gone um because I work as a direct support professional so um I work with adults with disabilities and part of what I do is every other weekend I'm gone for 52 hours um but that frees me to be home like all day during the day so it's a it's a good trade-off for me I'm actually after this I'm going to work tonight um at 10 p.m I just work really weird hours so that I can do what I want to do. Um, but anyway, I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, you were, like saying, processing. You, you were saying that they, they almost killed the, uh, the lettuce yeah, when you were gone. They almost killed my lettuce because they ate so much of it. Like and I came home and my husband's like, Hey, so I watered everything. Like I was supposed to, I'm like, okay, good. And he's like, and, um, there was another chore I'd ask him. To, oh, I picked up more compost. And I'm like, okay, good. And I was like waiting for the ball to drop. And he's like, but can you come look at the lettuce? And I was like, oh my God, what'd you do to my lettuce? <laughs> like, and it was just like, it was like so overpicked. And he's like, is it dead? <laughs> and I was like, no, but we need to like not harvest it for at least a week. <laughs> like don't touch the lettuce for one more week. But he and the kids, they were like having sandwiches. It was like sandwiches are good with lettuce. And they were like having, um, I don't even know what else, but they like almost every meal, they were like eating the lettuce while I was gone. And I was like, that's beautiful. I'm glad, like, please eat the lettuce just like a little slower. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it is very rewarding when you, when you get into something and then the family comes along and gets in it, into it with you and, yeah. and they start taking ownership of it and they're finding enjoyment in it. That just really adds fuel to the fire to, yeah. to kind of keep going and, 
expanding and, and so on and so forth. I think I've shared on the podcast before the story of the guy that I read of who was keeping quail in an aquarium in the yes. middle of his living room. So um, that was actually, that was the one where I was like, you know what? We could do that. Like, I like, I like looked it up on Pinterest and I was like, look, babe, you can keep quail in an aquarium. Like, you know, and I was like showing him to it. And he's like, I feel like that would smell really bad. Like, and I'm like I was like, oh, maybe, maybe it would smell bad. Like, and then I was like, but I really want them. And I'd like, I had been thinking about it for a year. I think. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm doing this. And I drove like 30 minutes into the country and bought like this giant hutch um, from this lady who used to sell or uh, raise pigeons, um, but can't do it anymore. Um, so she was selling off everything so cheap. I got this huge, huge one. I think it was 10 or $15. Oh, wow. Brought it home. I know. Brought it home, took it apart, reconstructed it into two smaller quail pens because I was just and it, like the best thing about my husband is he doesn't tell me no he rolls his eyes he looks at me like I'm crazy but he doesn't tell me no like and I'm just like come here babe I need you to hold this and he's like all right so like, he just he was like helping me build them and he's like what like what are we doing like and the best video that I had found on YouTube was in Spanish so like I was like showing him I was like look it's got like a rollout pin and like this thing this is what we're doing and he's like this is in Spanish Claire and I'm like it's fine like I was like I can tell what they're doing so I like just kind of like used I'm very like visio spatial you know like I I've got one of those like engineer brains where like I just need to see how it works and I can take it apart, reconstruct it and do my own thing. So that's what I did. Cause I have a weird space. I have, um, I got myself one of those like really nice industrial shelves that like people use in shops and things that each shelf can hold like 250 pounds. Like I was like, that's what I need. Cause I bought myself one of the cheap ones and put plants on it. And by the end of the season, it was like really bowed and looking crappy. So I bought myself a good one. And then I was like, that's where I'm putting my quail. Like it wasn't even like a thought. Like I, I just thought, you know, I can't have quail. Like I want them, but like Matt will never let me have quail inside. He won't like, he won't, he probably would, but he would complain about it the whole time. But, um, I had that shelf and I had plants and things on it. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I could build two hutches, maybe three pop them in there. Like, and so I've got them in there. The only thing I don't have is the feed and water systems set up, which like, strangely enough, I'm in a bunch of quail groups now because I'm obsessed. Um, but like a lot of people, when they get them, they don't have that stuff set up already. But I'm also seeing that with people with goats and stuff is like, they'll just like come home with livestock and then figure it out after the fact. And I like, I'm pretty sure I would just kill a bunch of quail if I did that. So I don't want to do that because they don't really want to live anyway, quail. They're like well, always finding new ways to die. It, it seems to me that that does seem to be a, a common theme with, with certain people. And mm -hmm. I always say that I admire their enthusiasm, but I don't admire their common sense um, yeah. because yeah, it, in, in, Certainly, we have to be careful that, that we don't over plan. But uh, yeah. I mean, at least having the basics in place when you bring home an animal is. Yeah. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do it either. Um, I want to I want to have 
I want to have a plan in place. And it sounds to me like you have a definitely a solid plan for the quail. Yeah. Now, are you planning on just keeping them for eggs? Or are you planning on hatching out quail for food or what's your uh, long-term plan? Long-term, like probably not in this space. I really would like to do like meat and eggs. Um, but because of the space that I have, like we, it's basically a triplex what we live in. So like we're on the end, we've got a lady in the middle who like, is kind of the one I'm like, she could complain. And then we've got another family on the end. That's like a bunch of kids and loud and raucous and they would never, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, she's right next door though. So if I had roosters, like, even though they make a nice sound, it's not crazy loud or anything, but if I had roosters, I think that the, my quail wouldn't like squeak under the radar. And that's my plan is just like to squeak them under the radar. I painted the like hutches all black, um, so they're very stealthy, like, cause my, uh, um, my big shelf thing is black. So actually from the like side where you walk through, you can't see them. Um, and I put this like, um, um, it's just like a stick thing. I guess people put these things in their living room. I don't know. I found it freed by the side of the road. That's, that's like my whole thing. And my kids are like, hilarious about it um because adam he's just he's totally fine he's like you know what he's like do you want to go pick that up i'll help you load it in the van and i'm like yes so i'll like turn around and then my nine-year-old he's always like we don't need that claire like don't pull over <laughs> like and i'm like oh like so he won't help me but but my 11 year old he'll help me every time he's he's a sweetie um <laughs> but like, again, I found like this like stick thing by the side of the road. So I put it out there because um, it's like a little bit more privacy. I'm nervous about the quail because like I'm not asking for permission. I'm just going to do it. Hopefully they're quiet enough. Hopefully like nobody cares. Like because um, we live in a place where you have to pay like pet rent per month like if you have animals and they're not going to be pets like but also I'm pretty sure livestock isn't allowed but in the state of Kansas quail is not listed as a livestock animal so like there's all these like little things where I'm like maybe it'll be all right I just like I'm trying to keep them like real low key which is why I wasn't using my name on Instagram because I was like it's not me it's somebody else <laughs> some other crazy quail lady in town <laughs> not this one <laughs> absolutely absolutely no idea at, at all about these plans <laughs> yeah, nope. we didn't talk about this live at all not me exactly <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so you've been preserving uh you said you've done jam jellies um yep. so far and you said you want to do some pickled eggs yep. um and you're, and you're kind of interested in doing some other food preservation so what are some yeah. other things that maybe you've tried or you're thinking of trying um we just tried for the first time um, dehydrating hash brown potatoes. Um, so we like blanched them, did the whole thing. Um, the dehydrator that I have, though, I don't have um, the inserts for it. So you can put it on it. So we just tried cheesecloth. Um, and that was an epic failure. We got it all off, but it took like at least an hour and a half. And we were committed to getting all of it off of the cheesecloth. Um but we, we did that. Um, I, I've dehydrated lemons and all kinds of things. Those are store-bought, but I like putting them in tea. Um, 
what else? Oh, uh, I made schmaltz um, this last week, like rendered chicken fat, um, which we love that. That's so good in soups and making gravy and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then we also make uh, the gribbonus, the little like crispy bits, like um, it's like chicharrones, but with the chicken skin. So we did that. What did you call uh, that? Gribbonus. I have never heard of that before. It's Yiddish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's chicken fat that is like it's like chicharrones. It's um like crispy, like pork rinds. But we don't eat pork, so anytime we have chicken skins, I'm like, yeah, let's do this because I used to eat pork and I miss it sometimes. <laughs> But um, my husband, he always, he loves it. He's always just like, did you do the fat? And I'm like, yeah, I did the fat, babe. Like, and he puts um, um, like barbecue seasoning on them a lot. Um, but people just save it. And um, you can put it like on top of casseroles and things. People put it on top of liver and stuff. It just gives it like a nice fatty crunch, which is delicious. So very nice. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I save, uh, I save like all my vegetables to do like vegetable stock. Um, I also usually when we do any chicken or anything, I save the bones for stock. It's cute. Cause like we'll get KFC or something. And, uh, my nine-year-old's always like, are we keeping these bones? Like, are these keeping bones? Should I get a plate? <laughs> like, you know, like maybe not KFC ones, but you know, it's just, it's really sweet. Cause he gets it. So I, I that reminds me of, uh, uh, memory that popped up on Facebook this week uh, with my son, Brian Jr. When we first got the pigs back in 2017, he and I had gone out for dinner and the waitress asked him if he wanted the vegetables. And at first he said no. And then he said, no, yes, yes, I'd like them. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of a little bit shocked that he would want the vegetables because he's not, he'll eat his vegetables, but he doesn't really love vegetables. And if he could get away with not eating vegetables, I think he probably would. Yeah. Um, and so she, she asked him if he wanted the vegetables. He said, yes. And then he didn't touch them. And he asked for a to go container. Mm-hmm. And as she walked away to go get the, uh, the container, he turned to me and he looked to me, he said, dad, it's for the pigs. Uh, and, and then he brought them home and he fed them to the pigs. And I was like, all right, Aww. he gets it. He gets yeah. it. <laughs> so it's, it's, it is, it's awesome. Again, going back to, you know, seeing your, your, your kids have some buy-in and understanding yeah. and so forth. It's very, very rewarding. And that like that mindset change mm-hmm. that they have, you know, like yes. um, a really exciting thing yesterday. Um, like I had got them. I told you about that, like buy nothing group that we have here. Mm-hmm. I got this amazing, like wooden, like painted with flowers on it, like raised bed that somebody made. It was out of like a shipping container box, but it was like six feet wide by two feet, like huge. Like, and at first I was like, Oh, I'm going to plant some stuff, you know, but like the boys were like, wow, can we use that? And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess so. Like, so I was just like, that's like, that's like 12 square feet of space like, and like space is at a premium here. So it was like one of the like biggest, like, like mom moments of my life to be like, okay, yep. You can have that giant container that I was going to double my garden with, but okay. Like, and I was like, I was like, maybe you guys should grow 
some food, you know, like, and they were like, oh yeah, maybe like, um, we were going to try to find raspberry bushes, but we couldn't, they both wanted an apple tree so bad, so bad. And I was like, guys, we can't plant an apple tree. <laughs> like we can't do it. <laughs> Not yet. Um, but they, um, they got cauliflower and squash, um, echinacea, and what was the other thing? Uh, and then just some flowers, some, I don't even know what they were. They were red and pink and purple. So that was the big deal. My nine-year-old loves flowers. He has morning glories um, that he's been growing since last year. We actually saved the seeds and regrew them this year. Um, he like won a little packet of seeds, um, for like a Purim costume contest. Um, and like, that was his choice. Like he had his choice of like different things. And he was like, I want those seeds. <laughs> so like he brought them home and I, I hate morning glories. I hate them. Um, because I didn't realize me like brain cells of two last year, I planted the morning glories behind the tomatoes. Um, so they grew up and then started flattening the tomatoes. So like into the year last year, I was like taking clothes hangers and like building an arch over <laughs> to try to get them to grow. But because I did that, there were morning glories over my entire growing, growing space. So like they drop seeds, like nobody's business. So this entire year I've been like pulling out morning glories and trying to relocate them to somewhere else. But we put all of them in a in a hanging pot by the front door and we're trying something new where we try to train them down um, and they do like a waterfall effect. We'll see. Could be cool. Um, and then he also really loves snapdragons. Um, Cause like you can do the thing where you make them into puppets. Like, so he's like the king of the neighborhood kids right now. Cause he's like, if you're, if you're cool, like we can go get some like snapdragons and do puppets. But if you're not nice, you don't get to do that. <laughs> like, like, okay, man. But like the neighborhood kids are always like sitting out on our porch, like doing Snapdragon puppets. Like that's very cool. It's cute. <laughs> so they took your garden space and they turned it into their garden space, which they I think did. is really, really awesome. So they did. And I like, um, I didn't even have to tell them to get the shovels, which was really cute. Like, cause I was helping them. Like I, we took everything out of the little four by four containers, you know, and we kind of laid it out where it was like, this is a good amount of space, um, which everything is way too close. Like I plant everything way too close. Like the, um, like where they say it's like 24 inches apart or something. I'm like, eh, those are more like guidelines than actual rules. Like I just, I just jam it in as close as I can. Um, but we laid it all out and then like, they were both just standing there with shovels. Like they had run around back and grabbed, them, <laughs> like come back. And I was like, okay. And, uh, like, I just kind of showed them how, like, deep it needed to be and stuff. And they, like, spent, like, an hour planting everything, getting it in there. Um, the whole, like, front part of our yard, which is, like, creeping forward. Like, we had just some pots out in front of this big bush. But then we got that giant planter. Um, so now they have maybe, it's maybe three feet deep by six feet wide with like the pots and the planter and everything. So that's like their space. Um, and they're cool. taking ownership of it. They water it. Um, they're taking really good care of it. So good. It's, it's exciting. I can't wait until like their food grows because that's, that's the thing that changes you is whenever um, you've grown food that you can eat. 
Like that's the thing when it's sitting on your plate and you're like, I grew that. Like, that's the thing that just like switches your brain where you're like, I have to do this. I can't not do this anymore. And like my nine-year-old, he's just like, you know what? What if this Thanksgiving, we just ate our garden for Thanksgiving. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, yes, but also I want turkey, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. 100% to me, when you sit down to a meal and I mean, there have been times when we we're, we've been fortunate enough that a hundred percent of the food on the plate is something that we had a direct hand in raising and growing, but sometimes it's not that much. In fact, most evenings, it's not most evenings, you know, the vegetables very rarely do we buy any kind of vegetables, Um, you know, meat, sometimes it's store-bought, sometimes it's stuff we've raised. It kind of depends on what it is. And then the starch, we don't grow rice. So if we're having rice, obviously that didn't come from here. Uh, Potatoes, sometimes there are, sometimes they're not. So you never know. Yeah. But virtually every night, something on the plate, as you mentioned, is something that we've had a hand in raising and growing. And the more that that's there, the more satisfying it is to the point to where I'll kind of start waxing eloquent about, oh, this is another great homestead meal. And my son will just raise his eyes and be like, roll his eyes and be like, oh, dad, not again, not again. Yeah. Luckily, they're still like, we're all like easing into it, you know, like I've been wanting to do it forever. And I'm just like, this is it. This is the year I'm doing it. I'm just, I'm going all in on it. Like, and I talk to him about it all the time, you know, like, cause I'll be like driving through the country or something. I'm like, guys, wouldn't it be cool if we lived here? And like, this was our land, you know, like, and at first they were just like, uh, and I was like, we could have goats, <laughs> you know, and like, they're just like, I don't know about goats. And I'm like, I would love it. <laughs> but they're just like, they're so funny and they're so wild and they're not sportsy kids. They're like super nerdy kids. But like today, um, all they ever want to do is be outside. That's all they ever want to do. And they were like, can we go to the park? And I'm like, go to the park. And like, they came back and they're like, we found a turtle. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they were talking about how they had like, like touched its shell and stuff. And like, they were like, can we show it to you? And I was like, oh, well, I have the, the podcast coming up and I like already showered. I don't want to go get sweaty again. Like, and like, my husband was like, I'll go look at it. It was a snapping turtle. It was a snapping turtle like this big. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad it didn't bite them. Like. <laughs> but like you know they're just they're just wild fun kids and they get up to stuff my 11 year old came back and he had a bunch of leeches in this little thing he's like look what I found and I was like okay <laughs> you know but like I want that for them like I want them to be outside we we really try to like limit tv time and tech time to mm-hmm. like two three hours a day if we can because like it's like so many of the kids we know, like that's all they do is like watch TV or play on their iPads. And I'm like, go outside. The world is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the more opportunity that they have to, to experience these things of raising and growing food, um, yeah. you know, foraging for food, uh, you know, as you guys did for the honeysuckle and so forth, you never know what that's going to spark in them whether or not they'll want to do this for the rest of their life, or if it's just going to end up being a fond memory, you don't know. Um, But there at least will be a connection, I think, and an appreciation for food that other kids just don't have. They think that food comes from the grocery store. 
Yeah. And especially in this day and age when there's all kinds of questions as to whether or not there's going to be food in the grocery store. Right. Um, you know, having that that understanding and that connection back to where food comes from, mm. I think is just so invaluable in many, many respects, but especially for young people. Uh, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's very, very important. So it, it's awesome to hear, you know, they're taking ownership of it. They're becoming involved in it. And that yeah. just, that just takes your story in my mind to like even another level. That's it, it so made exciting. Giving up that 12 square feet of space, like just so worth it. Like when they asked for it, I was like, no, but like just seeing them like get in the dirt and like start planning things and taking ownership and like they were walking past it today and they're like oh we need to water you know and like they're really paying attention you know like and I mean the garden really started as a this is my space leave me alone like and has become like like here's your space here's my space like let's do stuff you know and uh the thing I've really got to get the seeds but my husband really wants to grow loofah like he's just kind of obsessed with the idea of growing loofah and then like using the sponges um like instead of store-bought sponges and I'm like you know what if that's what gets you going I will buy you all the loofah like get in on this dream with me because like I I need them to outgrow the space before everybody's like, you know what? Yeah, we need to move to the country. That's what we need to do. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> like, I've been like sourcing houses for like 10 years. Don't even worry about it. I've got a whole plan. <laughs> <laughs> now, loofah is actually something that I have not, uh, I've never tried growing. But as yeah. you said, if that's what lights the fire, then buy all the loofah all the loofah you can like absolutely I will, I will like kill the cucumbers in two weeks don't even worry you can have that space like cucumbers and me i just i can't i they look okay like maybe they're gonna do something this year but like in all the time i've tried to grow cu cucumbers i have only grown one that tasted okay um and then one that tasted really bitter like i don't know what i'm doing wrong with them but they are just awful like I don't know. I, my uh, one friend, Bonnie, she came over um, to like trade eggs and I finally had something to trade back, which was a big deal. Um, but also like, I forgot. I had also like gave her a brooder. Um, Cause I found one by the side of the road. Uh, like I am insatiable about that. Like I, I know when like big trash pickup day is in my town and I am like always circling. <laughs> like I'm like, let's take the long way home, see what we can find. Um, but I found like this really nice, like um, somebody had like built this brooder and I was just like, oh, that's so cool. And at first I was like, I'm going to make that in a quail hutch. And then like, I got it back to my space and it was just, it wouldn't even, there was no way. Like I would have had to give up half of my garden to keep this thing. So I just like carried it around in the back of my van um, for like a week, like offering it to people who had yards, you know? And I was like, why wouldn't you want this? <laughs> like, you know, like, and, uh, finally I was like, oh my God, Bonnie. Cause Bonnie had all the chickens, you know, cause she lives out, out in the country. Um, but I like showed it to her. I was like, Bonnie, could you use this? And she's like, oh man, I've been looking and looking and looking for one of those. So like that, like, I feel like my like egg debt that I have with her, like really balanced out a little bit with that. <laughs> Like I have got to have just like probably hundreds of dollars in egg debt now, to her, but you know, she doesn't care. She, she loves it. She actually, 
um, cause she loves my kids too, but she brought us, um, she got Easter eggers, you know? So she, um, had one of the like really colorful, like ones and brought it. She's like, this is just for your kids. And I was like, dang it. They're in the woods. And she's like, ah, you know, but like Adam came back and we had just played the game where big board game freaks. Um, but the game wingspan, I don't know if you've heard of it. No, never, never um, heard it. You build like ecosystems of birds and like, you have to like help them lay eggs and like it is the nerdiest game but like in the game um there's these little eggs and they're all different colors and the boys were like oh well i'll get a blue egg but that's not real like you know like, th- that is real <laughs> that is a hundred percent real and they were like well pink ones aren't real and i was like they are they are real <laughs> like and so like i showed them on the internet you know but like they're they're like the most contrary children ever they argue about everything all the time to like ad nauseum like to the point where i'm like please just stop arguing like if you can't talk to each other that's fine just stop arguing but like um she brought those eggs and i was like i was so excited to show them to him i'm like look it is real like (laughs) and it is always amazing to people who you know the only the eggs that they've ever experienced are from the store they're always white or you can get you know some brown eggs yeah but other than that it's white or brown that's it i quail eggs are going to be so fun because they're spotted and like i've heard that like each quail has its own printer have you heard that yep Yep. yeah where they like it's where yeah you can you can tell which came from which based on the pattern on the egg now i've never raised quail that's one of those rabbit holes i haven't gone down yet uh, yet being the operative word. Um, I'm not, you're, you're probably going to beat me to quail, uh, for sure, because you're like yeah. way ahead of me. I don't have, actually I did, I did buy a, it, it was a quail cage. It was a multi-level quail cage. I bought at an auction oh, yeah. probably like, I don't know, four or five years ago I bought, eh, maybe not that long ago. And it sat in my garage and it was, I mean, there was a reason why they were selling it at auction. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty rough. The pans, some of them were there. Some of them were kind of rusted out. Um, It was, it was a bit of a mess. I needed some work. Long story short, I actually bought it with the idea I was going to put rabbits in it. And then we got out of the rabbit game and then I was like, well, maybe I'll get quail. And then I just pushed this huge cage around in my garage, like forever. (laughs) And finally I said, enough is enough. And I had a scrapper coming to take some, I, I can't remember what I had. I think it was like an old freezer or whatnot. Yeah. And so I was just like, here, take the quail cage. <laughs> so, uh. and, like, it's hard, right? Because like, I feel like the homesteading mentality is like, I can fix this. I can do something with this. I can like, so you, you get things that like are garbage, you know, like, and sometimes it works out like with the pool ladder, that looks amazing. And it's going to be so cool for my garden. And then like, sometimes I get a giant brooder that I don't even know what I was thinking. And then I just have to find somebody to give it away to because it won't fit. You know, like I feel like homesteading and hoarding, there's like a fine line. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh yes. Yeah. I, I have multiple times have threatened to haul in a dumpster on myself um, because (laughs) after a while you, it's like, Oh, I might be able to use that someday. Oh, I might be able to use that someday. And then that day never comes. And this spring, I actually, we had the town uh, town wide cleanup day and I actually loaded up a bunch of stuff on my trailer and took it down 
the town-wide cleanup day, it was not enough stuff. There's <laughs> other stuff that should have gone. Yeah. But there were certain things I'm like, I I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna get to that project. Yeah. It's just never gonna happen. On the other hand, then there's times when that piece of sewer pipe that I've hoarded now for several years. Yeah. With the intention of I'm gonna turn it into a feeder for my meat birds. Yeah. Actually comes to pass. There you so, go. You never know. <laughs> it's you know. I if I ever get brave. I will post a picture of my van um, on, on Instagram. It's basically a shed. Um, I like have the back seats all folded down. Um, I have like two seats available because it's usually only me and the boys riding in there. Um, so like the front seat is up and one of the seats in the back is up, but everything else is folded down and there's wood and like pieces of things. <laughs> like It's ridiculous. And like, I will pull over and I'll put like extra stuff in there and like, or I'll see something and I'll be like, I'll be headed to work, you know? And I'm like, I'm going for 52 hours. It won't be there. So like, I call my husband and I'm like, Hey babe, like, will you like get my van and go put this thing in it? I saw it on the side of the road. And he's like, he's like, isn't there a lot of stuff in there? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Just like have the boys help you unload it. Go get this, put it out back and then put all my stuff back in the van. Like, it's just like a rolling shed. It's so embarrassing. Like, <laughs> But you know, like, I don't, I don't have a shed. I don't have a workshop. So, you know, like. What's a mom van for except to transport kids and a bunch of crap? (laughs) Doing the best you can with what you got. That's just what it all boils down to. Yeah. Well, I have so enjoyed this and it is just so exciting to to follow your journey. And I'm so honored to have been a part of it in a small in a small way. And so definitely keep up the good work, as I always say. But if people are interested in following along with me. Where can they find you? Um, right now, only on Instagram, um, because a lot of the people I know locally, like, are like on Facebook with me, and I'm terrified somebody's going to squeal on me about my quail. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like Instagram, it's uh, Start Small Homestead. Uh, I might expand stuff from there. I actually went on a reconnaissance mission today to our local farmers market to see. Um, like what that kind of looked like to get involved. Cause I'm like kind of obsessed with making jelly right now. Um, and like pansy jelly is something not a lot of people have heard of. And I don't feel like I'd be showing up to just sell what everybody else is already selling. Um, so like, we're thinking about that. And like my nine-year-old was like, if I sit at the table with you and help, can I have some of the profit? And I was like, you know what? Yes. Like, cause he's so charming and he's so extroverted. Like he would just, he would sell the crap out of some jelly just to get like $3. So he's not very good at math yet. So <laughs> he wouldn't know <laughs> that wasn't like a good share of the profits. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I will definitely put a link to your uh, Instagram page uh, in my show notes. And Claire, thanks so much for joining me here. Um, I, I just look forward to seeing what you you have going on in the future. And, and best of luck to you. Definitely keep up the good work. Thank you so much. You too. Well, folks, I hope you have enjoyed that. Definitely check out Claire over on Instagram. I will have a link to her Instagram account in the show notes. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me, brian at thehomesteadjourney.net. 
And until next time, everybody, keep up the good work.